Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Orlando and Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the heart. Yes. Hi, Hi Joshua. Mary. How are you? Fantastic. How was your week? Wonderful. What's that little tagline you did last week? Oh, from oh, the heart R- with a capital A-R-T. Oh. <laughs> that's right. Well, you, that's you the should reason- come up with a jingle, right? Like, I love our music, but you could come up with like a little, little jingle that you could sing as we come there. in. It's from the heart with a capital A-R-T at the start. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't really rhyme, but we'll work it out. <laughs> yeah, you are an improv performer. You could just come up with a new jingle every, every week. week. <laughs> oh, challenge. <laughs> okay. Challenge accepted. Okay, yes. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Accepted. That's awesome. So how was your week, my friend? It was fantastic, and I'm still kind of happy about our last week's show, that uh, to, to be able to marry two parts of your life, uh, with people that have made a big difference, both Dr. Lonam and Dr. David um, Sanfilippo have made a big difference, as have you. And then to have you three meet, that was I, I felt very proud. Such a fantastic show. And you know, there are times where it's like the minutes just fly by mm-hmm. and we got to end that show. It was like, wait, we had so many more things we wanted to I talk about. I think they about. were surprised too. Yeah, so we're going to have a... uh, version two two, a part two of um because there really is great um there there's a great art to leadership Mm -hmm. you're one of the people that have stretched me to think about art in more than just you know a a dance or a or a a painting or you know a piece of theater but the art of conversation and the art of business and we've talked about the art of nonprofit and service yeah there i think art is an awareness Mm. and art is uh how you perceive and what the consciousness you give to everything you do. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, last week uh, we gave a shout out to Opera Orlando and the Pricer brothers who we love, who were yes. on the show and how great uh, Rossini's Cinderella was. And this week I went to see the concert for gift for music, uh, which is a wonderful organization that takes string instruments uh, into title one schools and in school and after school programming and helps them to uh, learn how to play the strings and uh, they started just as an for, with elementary kids, and they were they were seeing so many kids take part in this, and these kids wanted to continue past elementary school. They just started a middle school and high school string <sighs> orchestra now for for these kids, and these are a lot of undersupported kids who would never have the means to do that. And so they uh, they had a concert at Edgewater High School with like four hundred kids and wow. string instruments. And Maestro Eric Jacobson from the Philharmonic came and conducted oh them. Oh my goodness! And it was yeah, it was really su- it was really super oh. cool. And they played like everything from variations on a G, you know of G all the way to some Vivaldi that Eric played the cello on with them. My and goodness! Yeah, it was really really neat. So Sarah Overton, who's the executive director there, um, they're just doing really great work. Shout gift for out music. to Sarah. Yeah, Gift wow. for Music. Go and look them up. They're doing some really cool things at Gift for Music. Dot org. Take me with you next time. Yeah, I will. It was like, uh, it was kind of last minute. They mm-hmm. called and said, hey, can you come? And I said, actually, I can. <laughs> Surprisingly, it was a Tuesday night and wow. I actually could go. But yeah, they're a gift for music doing great that's work. That's beautiful, especially in, in right now where there's so much funding that's been taken away from the arts that they somehow were able to manage to get these children uh, instruments and lessons. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, and, and it's a creative solution for um some of the Title I schools that have had their arts program cut. You know, we talk about 
and we are excited that there's 100% arts access in Orange County Public Schools, but that looks different in every school, right? Mm -hmm. So if they have some type of arts program, we say they have an arts program, right? right? But they might not have an orchestra or access to strings or may not have a theater program. So every school looks different. And so there are organizations that are going into these schools and saying, okay, what are you missing? What are your kids not able to, to mm. participate in? And so for them, it's about strings. And so, you know, strings kind of like piano are the basics. It's easier to learn on a Suzuki string um, instrument than to play the saxophone or the trumpet right out as an ele as a elementary student. Um, and so they're learning the basics of music and then going on and uh, flourishing and learning other instruments. So it's a cool organization. Neat. Yeah. You know, at the parks, uh, we have high school bands that come from all over the country and mm -hmm. they'll march. This is the time of year when they come and they are so proud. And we saw this stellar band the other day. They were from Japan. They flew all the way over from Japan and they were playing concert music as they marched. Oh, and their cool. precision of marching was to where I followed them and I saw one of the uh, our Disney people and I said, man, they are amazing. He said, everyone was quiet and in awe watching them rehearse. Their rehearsal was like a concert. Their discipline, they're just brought up a little differently right. with, with their music. But I just see the pride on all these young ones' faces when they have an instrument to play and then they're 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 doing what they trained to do. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so and it's so neat to hear Sarah talk about because they had a little reception afterwards for a small group of people, and she was sharing just you know about how the teachers and the principals and the people in the school are are sharing what we all know as art leaders of how things are changing in their schools because of these after school string programs when it comes to discipline and the their grades and all of these things, and so the impact of the arts for these elementary students now, middle school and high school is um, is pretty radical in these Title I schools, so it's neat. Now, I know I, I ask this all the time because it's an opportunity for you to say, but if anyone has some string instruments at home or any instruments that they're willing to donate, how, who, how can they get in touch with whom? Yeah, I mean, you can always reach out to us at Central Florida Community Arts, but a gift for music is another really great one. Um, right. Like the Steinway Gallery mm -hmm. has an has an the Steinway Society where they take old pianos yes. and refurbish them. They're another organization. So there's several that you can reach out to. The right. Philharmonic has a, a program as well um, that they take instruments and stuff and use them as instrument for their instrument petting zoo. Oh, and they go out and teach kids about what the different, you know. I love it when they do that. Yeah. They, and they can actually touch the instruments and hear them played. So for all those of you out there, if you have any instruments sitting in a closet uh, that maybe could be used and help shape a, a young person's life uh, and their discipline, go ahead and donate it. I love the day that you were so sweet and you were going to donate your instrument. What We had Osceola County Public Schools yes. on here and we had one of their students on and you were going to give them a trumpet or something? And no, then... uh, we did. We It was the uh, trombone and they couldn't find the mouthpiece. Oh. And Jason said... I put it in there. It's in the little box in the back. I put it in this morning, and I forgot to tell you, it was in there the whole time. Oh, it was? Yes. Because you're like, can you play a trombone? So they're like, yeah. And then, and then we wait, couldn't find no. the mouthpiece, but Jason Oop, said uh -oh. there's there's a box in the back. Jason, knowing the case, he goes, I put it in the box. That's what it's for. I went, oh, I didn't know. But you still gave the trombone. That was so yeah. nice of you. And they'll, hopefully someone's playing it. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, we I always tell you, food, uh, knowledge, and uh, art should always be shared, body, mind, spirit. Food, knowledge, and art. Should always be shared. I love that. Well, if you have a sandwich, you give someone half. 
If you know something, share it. If you have art, let them put it in their home for a while. If you have cake, Mary, I want some. <laughs> Just saying. That's the only thing I don't share. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Please don't. I'm on a diet. Don't give it to me. <laughs> Fight it. So today we're talking to no stranger to the show. We've had Paul Castaneda on our show before when we were talking about Jekyll and Hyde. But Paul is a local um, artistic director and he's a father and a, and a husband and uh, really just a creative dude and doing some cool things has been for many years here in our Central Florida community um, as the founder and artistic director of GOAT, the Greater Orlando Actors Theater. Uh, but we're excited to talk today um, really about something that's super important, especially here in Central Florida, as we have a, a, a huge uh, population of, of Hispanic people from different heritages. But especially right now, and we've talked a lot about this um, with, uh, with the hurricane and all, all of our friends that have come here from Puerto Rico, mm-hmm and getting them engaged and assimilated into our arts community and giving them opportunities and things that resonate um, with their backgrounds and upbringings and all of those fun things. So today we're gonna be talking about certain projects that Paul has, but in general, we're gonna be talking about the importance of Latin theater. So welcome, Paul. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, I'm glad to be here. Yay, and we're so glad you're in one piece. You had a, a little accident this week, and so we're just glad that you're here. As am I. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you look great. We never would have guessed it just to look at you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Paul, tell us, before we get into specific projects, you know, you're on a mission right now, and a good mission, and that is to that people, when they think about a a kind of a a holistic arts community, that Latin theater is a part of that conversation. Why is that important to you? Well, I mean, culturally, you know, I I was born in New York, but my parents are from Cuba. Mm. Uh, My grandparents are from Spain. And... um, you know, being Latino is not something that I just picked up. It's been part <laughs> of me from the womb, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's always been important to me, and it's been an evolving thing in the arts. And I just feel like we've reached a point now uh, where the momentum is such and the opportunity is such. As you mentioned, here in our Central Florida community, we already had a strong uh, Latino population, and now it's being augmented uh, by the folks that have come over from Puerto Rico d- mm-hmm. due to the disasters over there with the hurricane. Um, and I think it's important to uh, reach out to them, uh, to show them uh, two things, to show them their culture as it's represented in the arts, but also to show them how they can interpret uh, other cultures mm-hmm. um, as actors and creators as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a wonderful opportunity for organizations, small and large, to reach that community, and it's a particular passion of mine. Mm, that's awesome. We often talk to our theater leaders about how they teach their audiences and how they grow their audiences. What are some of the ways that you're looking to take your audience on a journey of Latino theater? Well, that's that's a great question. And um, I can only go back to what my experience was a few years ago when we did the very first um, version of In the Heights that was ever done locally. And we did it at the Margison, the largest theater that The Shakes has. And um, as I've mentioned uh, before, I was told that it was crazy to do it, um, that no one would come see it. I was told that it would be impossible to cast. People wouldn't come out for it. Well, it's the most successful show that I've ever done in Central Florida. Um, with the largest audiences, I think we ran at 90 to 95% occupancy of the Margison. And the beautiful thing to me was, um, as a creator, when I was out and mingling with the audiences, there were so many people that had never been inside of the Orlando Shakes before, mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. or some of them even inside of a theater. Mm-hmm. And because they heard this show was being done, they heard it was about their community, they came out and they experienced 
that venue and the other venues there and I would tell them all you need to come back there's a lot of great shows that get done here by the shakes and also by other organizations that they're nice enough to rent out to Mm. and just when you in answer to your question if you make them aware that there are shows and there's art being done that speaks to their culture they will find a way to get to it Mm, if you build it they will come pretty much (laughs) yeah pretty much that's cool and and I got to go uh to see that and I would think I was there for the last show and it was a sold out show and you know we talk a lot about how art allows you to emotionally connect to feel something right and boy I that there was feeling in the air and there was a lot of pride mm. you know there the um the audience was predominantly hispanic um it was diverse but predominantly hispanic and there was a lot of pride. There were different populations represented and, and, and culture represented. And, and people had flags and were waving them before the show started. And it was like, it was really cool. It brought out something that you don't sometimes experience in, in theater, right? Like when you go to theater, sometimes in your, your mindset is you go in, you're dressed up, you sit down, you're quiet, you've got your playbill. This was not. It was... Um, it was a party, right? Like right. there was electricity in the atmosphere. It, Why do you think that was? Um, well, part part of it is cultural, but I also think part of it is when a community is underrepresented mm. and they finally see the doors open, um, there's a joy that comes of that. And it's not just in theater, right? You, you can relate it to nationally, right? What are two of our most successful movies that have come out recently? One was Wonder Woman the other one was Black, Black Panther. Panther, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Why? Why is that? Because mm-hmm. those communities, w- women who want to see a superhero up on that screen that represents them, and and the black community who is underrepresented in, in movies in general and the superhero genre in particular, when they saw that opportunity, they spoke with their money and their attendance, mm. and spoke over and over again. And mm-hmm. I think part of that joy is being able to sit in a theater and and say, "My gosh, we're here." This is representing our culture, our music, our people. This is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and, and they can't help but get swept up in that. I want to say something to that. When I grew up, we were outside of New York City, and mom took us to musical theater all the time, Oklahoma, Sound of Music. We just went to Broadway all the time. God bless her for knowing to do that. First time I was a teenager when I saw an all-black musical, it was The Wiz with Stephanie Mills. And there was something there seeing like, oh my God, they're all brown like me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then hearing the audience with familiar, you know, whoops and upset. And there was, there was this little, it was different because mm-hmm. they look like me. I was, love that. You were able to really relate to what was on stage, which gave you permission to feel like you could also do the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it gave you permission. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, and, it, and, it, and sorry to interrupt, but in, in my world, right, the very first, the reason I'm in the arts is my sister when I was a child. I have a sister who's 12 years older than me. And she took me to see a revival of West Side Story. Mm. Um, And to sit there, first of all, I couldn't believe people got paid to do that. Um, And second of all, as you say, to see people like me represented on that stage and our stories being represented on that stage gave me a sense of equality that maybe I couldn't get in other areas of my life at that time. And it was really inspirational for me as a young person to see that. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is there's people out there just like me, right? At, at that age, whether it be eight, nine, 10, 11, or older in their teens. And if they get a chance to see that representation, 
what kind of magic can they produce in our society mm. in the years to come? I love that. We're talking inspiration and equality and Latin theater with Paul Castaneda, where this is Joshua Vickery with Mary Thompson Hunt from the heart, Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back to From the Heart. This is Joshua Vickery and my wonderful and talented co-host, Mary Thompson-Hunt. And today we are talking about a very relevant and important topic, and that is Latin theater here in Central Florida with Paul Castaneda, who I would say is the thought leader, uh, one of the thought leaders, but yeah, definitely one of the thought leaders in this area. And we were just kind of chatting on the break, Paul, about how you know, now is the time for this to really um, to be talked about and to be acted upon because I, I think Central Florida can be a leader in our nation uh, on, on, on Latino theater and creating new works and, and highlighting uh, uh, works. So we were just talking about how, you know, if you dial through the radio st- sh- stations, there's so many Spanish speaking. I was, you said you want to learn Spanish. I was thinking the other night I was driving home. I was listening. I was like, Boy, they're having so much fun. I wish I could understand what they're saying. <laughs> or when I went to Puerto Rico a few weeks ago, it's like, oh, I wanted to be in some of those conversations. But also, you know, our largest business chamber is the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And Gabby Ortegna just became the new president. She's amazing. So we have a lot of um, just thriving things happening for our Hispanic friends here in Central Florida. Why is that now the time for theater? And and why do you feel like maybe that's not on theater isn't on par with kind of leading the way like the others those other things are well I, for to answer your your first question first i think now is the time for a lot of the reasons that you spelled out uh the growth in that population the fact that um they are taking they're taking uh their place in terms of multimedia in terms of chambers of commerce and that kind of thing the opportunity for a win-win situation with the theatrical community is there so the time being right for that uh, those things spell that out as to why it hasn't happened yet, you know, change sometimes comes slowly mm-hmm. and comes mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, all of us, we we get used to doing things the way we've always done them, seeing things the way we've always seen them. Mm-hmm. And when a, when an agent of change is introduced, the first reaction is always to back away and go, hey, not so fast. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that plays a part. But if we can have successful endeavors from different organizations, from different leaders, who step up both in the Latino community artistically, but also in the non-Latino community who meet us halfway and work together Mm. to bring this to the forefront. I think that we have the opportunity to have some amazing gains. And as you said earlier, to be one of the leaders in the nation in Mm -hmm. bringing that forward, because we certainly have the talent and the audience in Central Florida to support it, I believe. Mm-hmm. So paint the picture of what that would look like. You're talking about we could have the theater and the productions. Would the productions be in English? Would they be in Spanish? Would they be in both? Uh, would, would there be a repertory theater like Orlando Rep for uh, his Latino plays? What? My answer to that would be yes. All of that. <laughs> all the um, above, I, yeah. I think all of the above are possible. Uh, I think it takes uh, planning. It takes uh, partnership. It takes open-mindedness, right? Those things will make that happen. 
Um, I, you know, I've, I've, I've started to explore a lot of those options with partners that I have in the community that I feel comfortable with. Um, I know that I'll be doing some things myself solo, but I would love to work with existing organizations. Are there some in mind that you know who they are? Oh, sure. I've, I've reached out to Central Florida Community Arts on this. Um, I've had some conversations with Orlando Shakes uh, on this and we'll see where they go, but I'm, I'm literally willing to work with anyone whose interest it is to uh, build the Latino theatrical community because I think if if any of us win, we all win. All yeah. win. Have yeah. an Orlando rep. Get them young. Have some plays there for the children. Right. Absolutely. I think that that's a, that's a great point. Um, if you introduce it at an early age and and you target that that area and and that uh, that market of the of the population, I think if you introduce them early, they'll follow you as they grow. That, absolutely. That's interesting because you know United Arts is a, always looking for ways to fund kind of diversity of initiatives. And one of the things now is kind of genres of music, right? Like tying jazz back to its roots and blues and all that. And I wonder if there'd be a way to create curriculum that we would go into the school system and and teach the importance and the heritage of Latino theater. Yeah. That would be really cool, right? Yeah. I mean, because that's Absolutely. a way to, to get them young, like you said. And it's incredibly, as we said in the earlier segment, it's incredibly empowering. You know, one of the things, um, I'm a huge Lin-Manuel Miranda fan, um, and one of the things I've heard him say over and over about the works that he's created is he, he said, I wrote these because there were no parts for mm. me. Mm. So I had to write them in order to have the part because in one interview he said, I always ended up on television playing the Puerto Rican best friend. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that, that should speak to where we are and the opportunity. There's a whole generation of actors and performers who are just waiting yeah. to have the roles to play. Mm. Um, and if we just give them that opportunity, you're going to see some fierce performances. Do you have a working space right now? Um, I work on a rental basis. I've had my own space a few times in the past and for different reasons ended up going in another direction. I would be open to it again, but I think what the community uh, really needs is perhaps a space that could be a shared space for a lot of us smaller groups where we could share in both the wins and the losses together so no group ever went out of business because of a bad show mm. or a bad moment, we kind of did it collectively and, and supportive of each other. So if you and maybe a Vietnamese group and a, a women's group and children's group, whatever, shared this space, the rehearsal rooms, the theater, uh, and all pitched in on it and then worked together and you'd share audiences too. Correct. We would build each other's audiences, um, which is one of the hardest parts, as you know, is getting an audience to show up and mm. recognize you and come back. But if we were all working together, um, I think we would build that audience exponentially because we all have something different to say and offer, but at the core of it, it's all theater. And once people get used to that experience, which is so different from television or film or any other artistic uh, thing that you can take in, once you get in and you see great theater, I think you get hooked mm -hmm. and you, you have to come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Paul and I chatted this over uh, breakfast at Shakers, but I'm out championing this all over the community. I mean, I think it's more than just sharing audiences. It's really sharing, you know, collaborative ideas and fundraising and you know, marketing and research. I mean, that that really is a that's a whole nother t radio show. <laughs> right. It really is. But yeah, absolutely. So tell us, you know, you are you really are kind of leading the way. I have a couple of questions. One is, what are some traditional theater or musical theater roles besides in the Heights or shows? <laughs> that people that are even out there. 
I mean, you have the works of Lorca. You have um, uh, uh, one that we almost did, but there was an illness in the family, and it, it's a play called Mother with a Hat. <laughs> I'll just leave it there, which is a, which is a, a really good dark comedy yeah. uh, piece. But there's a ton. Uh, uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman mm-hmm. comes to mind as one that doesn't get done often Evita, enough. Avita, would Evita, be one. which I just did yeah, at Valencia. Yeah, yeah. Um, is one um, which. For whatever reason, I got some controversial comments because I chose to cast Vita with Latino actors. Well, that's imagine that. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> but you know, you you can't please everybody. Yeah. Um, but and and when all that fails, there's a ton of works that aren't getting done. But I'm also really interested in creating new works mm. as well, which is why I, I'm doing what I'm doing for the for the fringe upcoming. So Would tell you... us about that. Um, yeah. Um. There's a show that uh, we're writing myself and my partner. Uh, Juan Cantu. Yeah, we were hoping he'd come Juan. today. Yeah, we love uh, he's Juan. my friend. He he's he's amazing. Um, we uh, he came up with the original idea, and then we decided to go for it, and we're writing it uh, together. It's a, a musical called El Wiz, which is a Latino take on the Wizard of Oz, um, and it will have a lot of the things that you're used to. Like you know, there'll be a Tin Man, there'll be a Scarecrow, there'll be a you know, uh, Dorothy will be in it, and the witches. Everybody will be in it. But the story will be a, a little bit different. It'll definitely be from a Latino bent. And we will introduce some characters that weren't necessarily a part of the original tale. Um, and it's all in a hope to e- expose audiences to the Latino culture and talk about things like the meaning of home, mm. uh, hope versus fear, mm. and ultimately love, which is what brings us together. Mm. And so that that are the main focuses of that musical. And we're doing a one-hour version um, at the fringe of, and it's, you know, it'll be a self-contained one hour version, but this is a two hour plus musical that we hope to eventually do in this town and beyond. Wow. Mm-hmm. That sounds fascinating. What do you call it? It's it's called El Wiz. El Wiz. El Wiz. You did say that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's okay. Say it again. Cause we want to get the, we want to get the name out there. Yeah, absolutely. And again, to the, to the topic of how many performers there are, I have 24 Incredible performers. Uh, performers, incredible performers in this show, and there are a ton that I could have had that I just couldn't because of issues of time and space and all of that. So live musicians. Uh, we we are going to have live musicians and, and a mix of live musicians and tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and but to the greater point, there's a ton of actors just waiting. Well, and they're hungry to and be able to do do something. They are, and from a selfish standpoint. If you're a director or producer out there, theatrically in this town, and you're not taking a long, hard look at the Latino community, you're costing yourself some dollars and some performers because they're out there and they're waiting mm. and they're willing. Yeah. So what are, kind of the second question I was ask, as you being a leader in this, what are some theaters, some groups, some play readings, what are ways that Latino actors can get involved today? I know we're looking to build the future, but... What are some things out there besides working with you? Are there any other avenues? Um, I know that Mad Cow's done uh, some readings, and I think they've moved on now to uh, staging mm-hmm. some works. So that's one. Um, I've had some preliminary preliminary talks with the Shakes about doing something with them um, and talks with you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't specifically know beyond that of any outlets. There's been some shows that were done. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as a continuing... Uh, the thing that's going on. I don't know of any that are. I'm looking, as I said, I'm transitioning 
is mm-hmm. probably the best way to put it. For, I'm I'm always going to have GOAT. I'm always going to work with that and with uh, local producers and artists that I'm friends with and like collaborating with. But going forward, my focus is going to be uh, close to 100% on Latino works mm. um, and working with those actors to help build the next generation, whether they work with me or anyone else. I, I'd also love when people, for instance, at Fringe, when they write their own plays about their yeah, life or their their own cabaret or their own musical. Your wife did that. She did. Lisa yes. did that. She, she about her a, mom. Yes, yeah, yeah. she wrote a very personal uh, story about her mom's battle with uh, Alzheimer's, and it was very well-received. Um, and one of the things with a whiz, one of the reasons that it wound up being different is that we were actually injecting um, personal stories and personal experiences into that story mm. and into the songwriting. Mm. So it may follow the story that you know, but it's injected with a lot of personal experiences that we've brought to the table. So would you say that writing new works is almost as important or more important than even producing works right now? Because it doesn't sound like there's a lot to even choose from. I mean, you can... You're taking the Wizard of Oz and adapting that to a new story, but it sounds like there just needs to be that we need to have an uprising of Latino writers and it's, playwrights. Out and, there. That there's there are Latino writers out there and they're not produced as often as they should be. But I'm a huge advocate, especially with where this is right now, mm-hmm. the way that it's starting to take off here locally and I think nationally as as well, for new writers to step into that void and produce uh, scripts that are relevant today. Are you giving writers workshops? Um, it's it's on the horizon, along with some uh, acting stuff that I'm looking at uh, to do as well, and musical stuff that I'm looking to do with Juan. It's all in the planning stages, mm. but I'll be happy to come back and talk to you guys about it. <laughs> well, speaking about coming back and talking, we do have to go to a break right now, but we'll be right back, and we're going to get to hear more. We're from the heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, Joshua Vickery, Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back, listeners, to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with Joshua Vickery, and we have the pleasure today to be speaking with Paul Castaneda. Uh, he's here from Greater Orlando Actors Theater, otherwise known as GOAT, <laughs> and we are so happy to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. So we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, non-traditional casting, and I mentioned that uh, Denzel Washington is playing in A Long Day's Journey into Night on Broadway. When I was in high school, I don't know what made my art teacher decide to cast me in a leading role as Alice in a musical that was a cross between Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass using all Beatle music. Hmm. But it was a transformative experience for me because uh, I just never thought I'd ever play such a role. And I think it made me want to go into theater. And I hate thinking that there are some brown girls that look like me. Uh, people don't often know what nationality I am. I, they often think I'm whatever they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm ambiguous. But you are African-American. I am. Yeah. I am. And But I, I know that when you're a person of color, there's aren't as many opportunities if it's, non, if it's not non-traditional casting. So how do you speak to that? Um, I speak uh, quite loudly, those that know, <laughs> know me, on this topic. Um, there, there are two sides to it, right? So there's the non-traditional casting of minorities in what are traditionally white roles. Mm -hmm. And then there is the more controversial 
where there are uh, you know, minority roles that are somehow cast with non-minorities. So your first to take your first point, I think it's um, incredibly uh, forward-thinking to cast minorities in roles that they haven't or always been, been thought of. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we're talking about Denzel Washington playing a non-traditional role on Broadway or, or doing it here locally. Um, I'm quite passionate about the fact that with the dearth of roles that are available <clears throat> for minorities, that we cast those with minorities um, or else move on to another show. Mm. Because the fact is, you know, someone said to me uh, in the conversation, well, how, how is that fair? If you're saying non-traditional is okay, why not the other way? And my simple answer to that is when the number of roles available and portrayed on stage match how our population looks, mm. then I'll be okay with maybe considering non-traditional in terms of putting a white actor in a Latino role. Mm-hmm. Until we arrive at that moment, if you do that, what you're taking is one of the very few opportunities that exist for maybe the next Lin-Manuel Miranda or the next Rita Moreno, mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're casting it with a white actor who has a lot of roles that they can qualify for and that are open to them. And so that's why I'm so passionate about that. And, you know, from a Latino perspective, what we fall into sometimes, I've also had the same experience as you were. I'm Latino. People don't realize they think I'm Italian or white or whatever. And they'll say stuff and then realize later, oh, my God, he's Latino. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm particularly passionate about this um, because, you know, there's so many artists that aren't getting on stage already. And if we're going to remove opportunities that actually exist for them to get on stage, it's very easy for them to give up. I mean, mm. the business is hard enough as it is, as we all know. There aren't an un- unlimited amount of roles or opportunities. And, you know, as a Latino myself, I think about it. If I was a young actor and I felt that I was right for a role in, a, in the Heights or a Hamilton or a West Side Story or whatever the case is, and I'm passed over and I see that role taken not by, not, not by another Latino, but by a white actor that can pass for mm-hmm. Latino. And that's what we run into a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to see a lot of white actors in the color purple, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but in Spanish stories, oftentimes, if you can pass for Latino, mm-hmm. then we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, I feel not right. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not until we get to that balance that we have in the overall population. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes you apologize for being passionate about this or maybe n- not apologize, but that you feel like, oh, I'm the guy, you know, right. but you're, you're really you're fighting for theater equality, right? I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. And when we talk about gender, we are pretty equal. There's a lot of amazing male and female roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to race or even sexual orientation, right, how many uh, LGBTQ people uh, are forced to play straight roles, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- that's where those are probably the two areas where there isn't theater equality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're fighting for that. You're absolutely right. And I think like with a lot of other topics that we've seen in our society develop over time, I think people have to search within themselves mm-hmm. for the sensitivity. You know, I had a, a young actress come to me very distraught because she told me that uh, she was working on a show um, backstage on crew and um, a white actor told her that the only reason she was getting cast by me in shows was because she was Latina Mm. as opposed to her talent. And, you know, 
that kind of perspective. And the person also told her, oh, Paul is on that Latino kick. And my answer to her was, you got cast in my show because you're talented. Yeah. <laughs> I go with talent. And number two, I'm not on a Latino kick. I've been Latino since the womb. I don't have much of a choice. It's going to be with me till the day I die. Mm. So it's not a code I put on. It's how I wake up in the morning and it's how I go to sleep at night. Yeah. And uh, I, I am apologetic about it sometimes because when you're creating change, um, you don't know how fast and how far to push. But when I see the people behind me who are just yearning for an opportunity, um, it inspires me to be maybe a little bit more pushy than others. Yeah. And keep creating that change because people don't like change. It ruffles feathers. It's, you know, someone moved my cheese, but so what? You know <laughs> what? The truth of the matter is we are storytellers in theater and we're telling the human experience story. And someone with a human experience, no matter what color of their skin or what language they learned first, we all come down to our needs. Mm-hmm. And that's the story that we want to tell as artists. And if we can't do it in the arts, then how do we expect the people who are out there in the world to learn? Yeah, and behind every movement, and this is a movement, uh, there are advocates and there are loud voices, and that's how things get done. And what I love about this conversation with you, Paul, is that not only are you talking the talk, you're walking the walk, you're creating avenues. You're not just saying, hey, this isn't fair and I want to change this. You're doing something about it, right? You're you're creating avenues. Explain to us, though, you know, because we part of it's just understanding, too. And that's part of why we're having this conversation. You don't get to really move the needle in something unless you talk about it and mm-hmm. put it out there. So there's a there is a hot word right now that's not just in theater, but in general, Latinx. So explain to our listeners, if you hear the word Latinx theater, what does that mean? Right. Latinx was a word that was created to um, actually go with a gender neutral uh, kind of reference for the Latino community, because Latino is the male use of the word. There's Latino, there's Latina, right? And and it's a, a, a and it's a broad umbrella. You have all kinds of gender identifications in the Latino community, as you do in any community. Mm. So I don't know who exactly came up with it first, but it's a term that has come into play nationwide as a way to service that entire community without anyone feeling left out. I always fall back, unfortunately, out of habit into Latino because it's what I've been using you know, for 50 years now. So it's a hard change. Um, but I, I try whenever I can remember to go with Latinx and we'll see if it takes root, right? Because a lot of these, sometimes they're here for a while and then they kind of fade, mm-hmm. but it, it, it is being used a lot, as you mentioned, not just theatrically, but across the population in general as a way to reference the entire umbrella. I like mm-hmm. that. So you're, you're a creative dude. You're a problem solver. You're solution oriented. What are some barriers that you know you're going to face and what are some things that you've already thought about as you're rolling out new works and how to make it more um, approachable for audiences in Central Florida? I think one of the barriers in creating, for example, new theater is uh, the same that I would encounter whether it was Latino based or not, which is that people uh, tend to really support things that are tried and true a lot. Mm. You know, if I told you there's there's a production of Grease going up, you pretty much know what you're going to expect, mm-hmm. right? Even West Side Story, you pretty much know what you're going to expect. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of quality now. Mm-hmm. If I tell you there's a production coming out called El Wiz, everyone goes, what the heck is that? Right. <laughs> you know, and so it's reaching out to your audience in ways that they want to be reached out to, to help them understand they're with them. They're what's in it for me if I support your show, mm-hmm. either as a ticket holder or a patron or a sponsor 
what's in it for me? What do I get? What does the community get mm. from this work of art being done? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first thing. And the second thing is, um, and you mentioned this, at least that's what I felt when you were speaking, is there's a commonality that exists with all of us. Mm-hmm. We're all human beings first. Mm-hmm. And all we really want is to tell our story, mm-hmm. right? And if we're able to reach out to the population as a whole and let them know, if you come, yes, you're going to see a Latino story, but there are going to be moments that you relate to as a human mm-hmm. being and that you feel are part of your story even though you're not Latino. That's the best part. Mm. That's the best part of theater. Like, oh my gosh, we I didn't think we had anything in common, but we all, you know, hopefully loved our moms and we all have had loss and we all have had disappointments. And now I'm relating to someone else and next time I go out and meet someone that looks like them, I feel like I've had a piece of their heart. Mm. Absolutely. And I think it's incredibly important, particularly right now in our society, to speak to what unites us Mm -hmm. as opposed to what divides us. Mm -hmm. And I think theater plays a powerful part, a more powerful part than any other experience that you can have in doing that. We are more alike than different. Yes, and it can touch the heart, as you know, when you're sitting in that audience and you're feeling that emotion and you're connecting, there's there's something about theater that you just don't get watching a movie Mm. or watching a TV show where you feel like you're almost a part of the story it's being told when it's done well. Yeah. Mm, I love that. You know, and sometimes the only thing that seems like what divides me from like when I was in Puerto Rico is simply language. It's just simply the language. That was the only thing that that felt like it divided me. And when you go to see the opera, you know, it it's just common to see something in Italian or French and there's subtitles and you just expect it. So why don't we just expect shows to be in Spanish? And have English subtitles. Why don't we see that more and, often? And that's one of the things that I would like to explore. Um, I know that when they did uh, one of the revivals, recent one of West Side Story, for a part of the run, they had translated a lot of the songs into Spanish. They actually had Lin-Manuel did some of the translation of lyrics, and they had subtitles, as I understand. That, really? That told a teleprompter on the bottom of the stage? Yeah, and then, awesome. they, cool. then they switched back mid-run to the traditional. I don't, know, I don't know all the reasons why, but I thought that was such a great, great idea. Um, because you're right. When we go to the opera, we don't worry about that. Yeah. If we see a foreign flick over at the Enzian, we're not put off by the fact that we're reading nope. the subtitles and experiencing what. So why should theater and Latino theater be any different? Mm-hmm. And you know this being a theater person, you know, we would have homework in college and theater classes to go see something in a language we don't know because if they're good actors up there and telling a truth, you're going to get a story out of what you see. It, it's going to be around the lines of what it was. You might miss those important you know sentences but you're going to feel their pain you're going to see their joy you're, you're going to get a story out of it absolutely i couldn't agree with you more um the the story is in the emotion and the emotion transcends language mm, maybe that's one of the things you can bring to central florida is theater that no matter if it's in english or spanish it's 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 translated into the other language right like i, I love think that i would love that the teleprompter too. like that's new with with the lines there and then again you don't always really need it. Well, and the, like at the Pew Theater this weekend, seeing the opera, it, the whole thing was in French and just on a s- curtain screen behind the stage. It was just projected up there the whole time. Wow. And it, it just became a part of the experience. So it's like, okay, well, we have to go and I, no. I don't want to. <laughs> okay, so tell us so quickly, Paul, if people that are listening 
um, whether they want to go and support Latino theater or they are from the Latin community and they want to get involved, they want to help you with this movement, what should they do? Um, feel free to contact me. There's a number of different ways. I have two separate pages on Facebook. One is Greater Orlando Actors Theater. The other one is for El Wiz, my current project. You can also feel free to email me um, at my personal email, which is thepaulcastaneda at gmail.com. I know how egotistical. Yeah, I love it. Thepaulcastaneda <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, and I will be happy to get back with you, speak with you, get together with you. Even if we don't collaborate, I'll be a supporter. Oh, nice. I love and it. Also, you can get in touch with Joshua or myself, and we can give you information how to get in touch. Reach out and see what you can do to help. Paul, thanks for leading the conversation. It's there. It's it's truly important. And Mary and I can't wait to see all the wonderful projects and collaborations and how you're going to move forward uh, in helping us experience Latino theater. Thank you very much for having me. Thank awesome. you. And Mary, you know, speaking of uh, ways to get involved and get connected, we are now a podcast. Tell us about that. <laughs> so we've always had a way to get on the webs on our website and to look at uh, the different shows we've done. But now we're on iTunes and, Sket, Stet, and Google. Stetch and Google and all those fun things. So you just have to go to those places and Type in from the, the heart, heart and you can subscribe or to our either podcast. of our names. Would that help them get I there think too? It, yeah, I think it's probably just through the, from through the, the title from the heart okay. and then you can subscribe and listen to us every week as a podcast. We've Fantastic. done 71, 71 episodes here on the radio. With a lot so. of great people who help uh, shine light on the arts here in Orlando. So in Central Florida. So please look us up. Absolutely. So Mary, it's always a pleasure. And we're always grateful to Magic 107.7 FM for letting us do this show and to shine love and light on the arts in our community. Until next time, thanks for joining us, listeners. 